Hello and welcome to Season 4 of Ethics and Etiquette, a thought-provoking discussion about everyday dilemmas. Can you believe it? It's our fourth season. What a fabulous journey it's been since I first badgered Kelly and Mike into doing this with me. To our loyal listeners, a warm hello and much appreciation for your patience as we put this fourth season together. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. It's wonderful to have you. Our goal is to offer you insights and perspectives on sticky situations so you can better examine your choices and exercise your own ethical muscles. You heard that right. We don't give you the one right answer. We talk about issues, Sometimes we disagree on solutions, and then you get to decide on your own approach. I'm your host, Marna Ashburn, here with wife, mother, and attorney, Kelly Halligan-Zimmerman. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Marna. Hi, Mike. Good morning, everybody. And Mike Derrick, a retired Army officer, combat vet, and father of four. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Marna, and good morning, Kelly, and good morning to all our listeners. Mike and Kelly, I can't tell you how much I've missed our talks. Let's get going. Today, we're talking about the sticky situation of unsolicited advice. Unsolicited advice is advice that's offered to someone when they didn't ask for it and maybe even don't want it. Should you do that? Is it ever appropriate to give unsolicited advice? To get started, I want to read a listener email. By the way, if you have a question or something you'd like to share with us, send it to inbox at ethicsandetiquette.com. This email is from Darlene. She writes, There's a woman in my friend's circle who is always full of unsolicited advice for me. No matter what the topic of conversation, she hits me with advice when I didn't ask for it and I don't want it. Whether it's my hairstyle, my weight, my workout routine, my mothering, my relationship with my husband, or my finances, the conversation takes a turn and she starts lecturing me. I think she's being critical and rude. I find it very hard to take, especially since a lot of her so-called advice is just common sense. How can I get her to stop, or should I just turn a deaf ear to her? Mike, I'm going to turn to you first. What are your thoughts? First of all, my deepest sympathies to (laughs) our poor listener. I just, living close to someone who is the font of all knowledge, who understands everything at all times, is all-knowing and all-seeing, and then lets you know it, can just be (laughs) horribly, horribly difficult. You know, I guess I would come back to the idea of how much does this relationship mean to you, or in this case to our listener? You know, is this somebody who, for some reason, you have to be associated with? Maybe she is the parent of your child's best friend, and well, then you're kind of, uh, you're kind of stuck, and you got to find ways to work around it. If you don't have that kind of need to stay in that relationship with this neighbor, then you find ways to be unavailable or you cut them short. Maybe you just... Preposition interruptions? Yeah, you know, you're you always got something else on the schedule, right? Oh, you know, I've got to be, I got this thing I got to do, or my kids have got to do that, or, you know, I've got a phone call that starts in a couple minutes. So you, you change the topic, you end the conversation gently, and, you know, at some point, I think, you know, it, it's certainly worth considering for our listener to to try to begin to set some boundaries and say, hey, you know, I really appreciate your advice on helping me raise my kids, but I'm kind of having fun figuring this out myself. You know, our species has been doing this for um, a couple million years now, and I think I'd like to give it a shot on my own or something like that. I don't know. (laughs) With or without sarcasm. Again, contextual, Mara. It all depends, you know. I mean, if you go sarcastic, you don't want to make an enemy in the neighborhood. Say this right. Say this person has got the ear of everybody on the block. You don't want to be the one outlier. So, again, so much is based on context. My heart goes out to our listener. 
Yeah, it's a tough situation, especially if you live close by and see each other all the time. Yeah. Kelly, what do you think? What would you tell this? I doubt she's super popular on the block. (laughs) And our listener sounds pretty fed up. So she could go the the sarcastic route and just say, hey, is there anything you don't know? (laughs) Is there anything (laughs) that you're not an expert on? You know, and that probably will get her thinking. It'll burn a bridge, too, but it might be appropriate based upon what the listener is describing. But if you want to be nice and don't want to basically say, mind your own business, you could kind of say, hey, Sally, don't worry. I've got this. I've got it. Yeah, that might do it. I'll let you know if I need any help or, you know, along the lines of kind of figuring it out. Like Mike said, let me think this through. I'll let you know if I need anything. And, you know, maybe a last option would just be every time she does this, you know, have to leave or, you know, be like, oh, gosh, I'm sorry, I've got to run, I got to pick up the kids or I, you know, and just sort of cut it off in some way and hope that she'll get the hint. Having said that, somebody like this is probably not going to get the hint. They're not reading the room. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'd agree with you, Kelly. Yeah. You, you know, you might be better off because maybe other people are a little fed up with her as well. And and you always want to be kind. But I mean, this poor person is way outside the norm as far as boundaries are concerned. So, you know, maybe the sarcastic mm-hmm. route is the way to go. Sarcastic or maybe just flat out straightforward. Mike I mean, talked about setting boundaries. Set them. Yeah. Unap- and, and, unapologetically. Yeah. And I mean, in a way, I'm being sarcastic, but in a way, it's truthful to say, hey, is there anything that you don't know? (laughs) I mean, because our listeners describing her giving advice in 10 different areas that she's an expert in, which is crazy. And that's only the beginning. Yeah, it sounds that way. Sometimes, you know, I think it helps to try to figure out where this, in this case, where this person is coming from. Is it loneliness? Is it like she's made everybody else so mad that no one will talk to her anymore? Is it that she kind of has this little um, complex where she needs to exert power over neighbors or friends? She wants to be in that alpha role. And then if you figure that out, then sometimes you can turn the tables or you can use that as information to get her to modify her behavior. But oh, as gosh. Kelly mentioned That's a moment ago... That's a lot ago, of work. That's yeah. a lot of work, okay. Mike. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> but, you know, like if you're locked in this intractable situation, like I, like when I said, you know, like your kids are best friends. As long as your kids hang out together, you're going to have some sort of relationship with that person. So, Yeah, that, that, I mean, that's tough. You're adding a fact there. But, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. That, that's a different situation. But I wouldn't. I think life is challenging enough. And you don't want to spend your time or energy on kind of negative things or things that are stressful or bring you down. Down, so I would just deal with it and move on. And yeah. if she's not happy, too bad. Oh, I'm totally with you there. I yeah. uh... Last night as I was preparing for this podcast, I looked up on a couple websites, unsolicited advice, the topic, and it took me to several psychological therapist websites. And one of them said exactly what you just said, which is try to understand where they're coming from. Maybe they just want the best for you. Maybe they just care about you and they want you to be you know, functioning optimally. And if you do that, I think it kind of soften, can soften your stance towards them, you know, understanding that they're coming from a Mm. compassionate way. However, they all do emphasize that you have to set boundaries. Right. You know, kind of moving beyond our, our listener's dilemma, what happens when this is within your extended family and you have that aunt, uncle, in law, 
mm-hmm. even a sibling who just can't seem to allow you the room to do what you need to do and always has to be there with their take, their advice, their wisdom. You know, how do you, you're you're not going to, I mean, in most families, you're not going to fire that individual. You've got a longstanding relationship with them. So, you know, you've got to, you got to figure out what their motivation is and then address it from that angle. Kelly, what do you think if it's a family member? Do the same, same advice apply? Yes and no. I mean, I grew up in a family where, you know, my folks definitely provided a lot of advice. And my mother still provides a lot of advice. (laughs) Too much advice. Is it unvarnished advice? (laughs) Uh, Always. And, um, you know, part of me really appreciates advice because I feel like I can learn from it. I feel like I can listen to it. And just even if I glean a nugget of helpful information, because I feel like I have so much to learn. Of course, the older you get and the more you know, you realize the less you know. You realize how much is out there that you just don't have a handle on. So generally, I appreciate unsolicited advice or advice, but it can definitely go overboard. So I mean, with my mom, I just, you know, I sort of listen and what else are you going to do? And it's sort of respectful. And then if it gets, you know, if it gets difficult, I just say, oh, gosh, mom, I'm so busy. I got to go. And then I just, Mm -hmm. you know, because usually we're on the phone, you know, especially with COVID, we haven't been together much, um, or I just try to redirect things. But I will say that unsolicited advice from siblings, I think is important. Like, I feel like my sisters keep me grounded. Like they will call me on things and say, hey, you can't do that. You got got to do this. Or I know you don't want to do that. Most of the time, I think I need to hear it. Are these older sisters, Kelly? No, but we're all real close in age. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, and I very much respect them. So I'm generally good with it. But I don't have anybody kind of really out there like, like our listener described. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you, Kelly, count yourself among the fortunate because if you yeah, have that sort of relationship thinking. with your siblings, you know, and it's it's respectful and it's give and take and it's maybe things you need to hear when you really don't want to hear them. Wow, that's pretty. That's special. wonderful. It really is. Yeah, I think we all need those people in our yeah. lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we need somebody that's going to be like, hey. You know, get a grip. Here's what you need to do. I think it's important. And I do think sometimes unsolicited advice is necessary, especially I think you brought up, Marna, if it's something really critical. You know, like I've had friends or acquaintances that have had, can think of one example where um, I had a friend, not a close friend, but her daughter's was an athlete and her foot was run over, her daughter's foot. So her foot was just terribly damaged. And yeah, and I knew they were thinking about doctors. And the day after, after it happened, I called to check on, I'll call her, you know, Susie check on Susie. And I went ahead and said, hey, do you have a doctor? And I sort of stuck my nose in because my sister, one of my sisters is a nurse practitioner and at that time was working in the operating room. And she had worked with this doctor many, many times who was a podiatrist. My sister said he was tremendous and dealt with all these horrible injuries. So I sort of inserted myself and 
provided that name to her just in case like she needed a name of a doctor or maybe she was going to take her daughter to several different physicians I didn't know and she seemed to appreciate it and it ended up that that's who reconstructed Susie's foot and she recovered beautifully and is doing great so I mean I totally stuck my nose in there but I just felt that I should because I had this sort of inside knowledge and I really wanted them to at least meet with this guy and consider using him for her well, I think that's okay. You know, right. you're just offering your experience and knowledge to her. Yeah, but it's definitely unsolicited advice. But yeah. I feel like if it's targeted, and I also feel like sometimes when I do provide advice, I usually try to say, because I've learned as I've gotten older, <laughs> you know, let people figure it out. They'll yeah. they'll come to the right conclusion. But Probably mothering has helped with that, too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like at the beginning, I was you know super uh, what I would say is bossy and now I just say very little like they'll get there but I usually just say oh take it with a grain of salt take it or leave it you know kind of let people know like especially my kids like okay you don't want to listen that's fine but I'm just going to throw this out there (laughs) yeah I think it's important to understand in conversation as Mike said contextualizing sometimes I just want to vent I just want to express something I'm not looking for advice or way forward I just want to talk about it let me talk about it be a good listening ear that's important to remember Definitely. Those kind of friends and family members, wherever, you know, they're they're hard to find. I mean, it takes a lot of grace to listen really well and be aware of the... Because I think when we want advice, we send demand signals. So maybe you're venting, but, you know, somewhere in there, you may actually be asking for some advice. You may be seeking validation. You may be... Again, a good listener will pick up on those cues and then step in. Kelly, I think that's probably what you did when you had the the young lady whose foot was injured so yeah and one time this was a work situation one of my co-workers was starting a divorce and she was talking to another co-worker about her plans and I said to her because I had been divorced for a few years at that point I said do you mind if I weigh in here so I asked her if she wanted the advice from my experience and she said oh yeah absolutely and so I gave her advice if you ask if you can give it is it unsolicited (laughs) no no I think I think that's solicited and And I think your point of, you know, sometimes people just want you to listen. Mike, I think, agreed with you. That's a hard thing to do, to just listen to somebody and listen to their pain and not really say much. But it is important. And sometimes, I know on one occasion I can think of, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then I started to try to provide some help. And the person was like, hey, I just want you to listen. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Got it. You know, so they just told me and I was like, oh, all right. See, they set a pretty direct boundary, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um... I didn't mind. But I'm definitely a person that, you know, appreciates directness and some people, their feelings might be hurt. But I was more like, oh, okay. (laughs) I missed the signal. Got it now. (laughs) You clubbed me over the head. (laughs) (laughs) My, My personal philosophy is not to give unsolicited advice, although I will say that sometimes I break my own little rule and give it. But rarely, rarely. It's got to be a big lesson. Uh, Which leads me to my next point. When it might be appropriate to give unsolicited advice, like when someone's headed down a dangerous path, figuratively or literally, is it appropriate then to give unsolicited advice? Say, for instance, somebody you know has been drinking a lot and it's affecting their life in various ways. Is it appropriate to pull them aside and say, hey, what's going on? Yeah, I think sometimes you got to do that. Again, you've got to carefully choose your place and choose your time. You probably need to have the fundamentals of that relationship in order, ideally. You know, I think 
the question you need to ask yourself is, how would I feel if something went sideways and I hadn't said anything? Sort of walk it out through the next couple steps. I agree, especially, you know, if it's like you mentioned here, is life-threatening or life-wrecking. I think there comes a moment when sometimes you need to step in. If you offend the person and lose the relationship, that may be okay. I would tell you with people with drinking problems, often that will have absolutely no effect on them. You may lose them for a couple years, but should they ever solve that problem and get off the drink, they may come back to you at some point in the future and say, hey, thanks. I really was in trouble there, and you Mm -hmm. knew it, and you told me. I didn't listen at the time, but I just wanted to let you know that so that topic any kind of addiction or abuse issue that brings in a whole (laughs) whole new set of issues and problems but you know you certainly can just let the person know that you love them and you want to support them Mm -hmm. and that you think they have a problem and how can you help there are these you know these things available to them and you'd be happy to help get them there or you know you can you can have a prepared statement i think but i agree with mike it's not probably going to be well received and then you just you're going to have to deal with the consequences because you can really even if it's a family member in some ways you you can't make people do something they're not ready to do or they don't want to do I mean everybody has their own life and they're going to live it you can say your piece so to speak and offer your kind of unconditional support Mm -hmm. should they be desirous of it and that's it then you really gotta you know as I think AA says you know let go and let God yeah I agree with what you're saying as well as coming from a genuine space of love and compassion and caring not controlling masquerading as I just I'm just telling you this because because I care. Right. It has to be that way. And it's the same thing with unsolicited advice. You can't come across as you're judging or you're you're better than somebody. It can't be mm-hmm. that way because we all have our, you know, our foibles. This and is a very delicate balance is what oh, I'm getting. Oh, it is. It is. This is, uh, this is a great topic, Morna. How do you come up with this stuff? I just think about it all the time. Wow. <laughs> Although the listener helped. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Get oh, us. and Thank hey, you. by the way, shout Thank out you, to Darlene. listeners. <laughs> listeners, you know, we, we appreciate your inputs. And so if you have a question, have a, a dilemma, have a, a problem in your life, maybe you have some unsolicited advice for us, you know, please. <laughs> we'll accept it. No we'll offense. accept it. Here's your in- demand signal, listeners. <laughs> Inbox at ethicsandetiquette.com. That's our email. That's right. There's a final question I have about giving unsolicited advice. When do we stop giving unsolicited advice to our grown children? I have two grown children. Mike has four grown children. Kelly has several grown children and another in the process of growing. So when do we stop giving them advice? Or do we ever stop giving them unsolicited advice? Is that just our right as parents to do that into perpetuity? Kelly, what do you think? I am so lucky that I still have my parents, and they definitely think that they can give advice in in perpetuity, (laughs) which I'm good with. They're big advice givers. My father doesn't realize that there's ways and there's these different apps that can get you someplace. So he will give these detailed directions in every situation. Like if I have to meet him somewhere, I will then listen for five minutes as he tells me where to turn and different points. And I just let him do it because it makes him feel better. But anyways, um, he's of the strip map and direction crowd. huh? Yeah, he's like, there's a mobile station. Hey, hey, on the don't corner. criticize us, Marna. Hang on. Hang on. He's, We're all he's, good people. You're good yeah. people. Yeah. He's pointing out gas stations, restaurants, you know, all sorts of things to help me find my way. But anyways, I definitely gave too much advice to my kids, I think, and probably drove them crazy. 
see when they were growing up. I think meaning well and wanting to help them. And I've learned that that is not helpful because you want them to have confidence in themselves and their ability and feel like you have confidence in them. Like, hey, you've got this, you know, I trust you. Good point. Um, and so it's really important because when you start giving a ton of advice, people start thinking, you know, hey, they don't think I know what I'm doing. They don't think I can handle this. So also I, they will drone. They will put you in drone mode and kind of ignore you. Great point. Just yeah. like we told Darlene. <laughs> yeah. It's just like in Charlie Brown, the teacher. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, so I've learned to just let them figure it out. And I think, you know, especially with our 16 year old, I'm doing a much better job with that. So I just try to do unconditional love, encouragement and support. And if I offer advice, which I still do, and I try not to, I, you know, I really try to keep it to like business kind of financial things that maybe they don't have an experience with where I might be like, hey, do you want a little, you know, if I offer it, I will say, hey, take it or leave it. Or I'll even just send it in a quick text so that it's in writing, they can refer to it, or they can ignore it. Well, that's an approach. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> Doesn't sound like you think it's a good one. No, I think it might be a good approach, mm. actually. <laughs> I never thought about it. I do think that's a good idea. Mike, what do you think about unsolicited advice to your grown children? Well, I think there's a... They outnumber a, you, you know. They do. They <laughs> outnumber me. They're also much smarter and better looking than I am, so... And don't forget faster and stronger. Oh, that too, Marna. Thank you. Thank you, Marna. So I, I think there's a line, and it's a fuzzy line, but it's a line that's sort of least in our family is pretty important and that's are you on the payroll or are you off the payroll if the kid is on the payroll and you're footing the bill and writing the checks i think there comes with that a certain license if you will to give advice especially in the matters that happen to relate to what you're paying for i.e mostly that's education but once a kid kind of gets out on their own and and so we got a foot in both camps we have one child our youngest is still in college and the other three are out on their own doing great things and so i have tried to use that as a guideline the other thing i'd say too is you know you have to at least again this is specific to our family but kathy and i have worked really hard to try to establish ways to stay in touch with the older kids where they can help us. Like there are areas where these kids are are far more plugged in than I am. And I, I regularly make a point of asking my children for advice. And sometimes they give it, sometimes they say, oh, dad, you can figure that out. It's not that hard. Are they parroting <laughs> you when they say that? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they are. I don't know. So again, those are some guidelines we use, which mm -hmm. it's a work in progress, but it seems to be working out okay. I like that idea of establishing two-way helpfulness. Yeah, you know, you, you validate the kid, right? Mm -hmm. You you say, hey, you know, help me here. I, I, I want to set this up. And I so most of the time that has to do with computers. Yeah, technology. But, uh, exactly. <laughs> That's a great point, Mike. And yeah. my kids definitely helped me. Uh, in fact, the other day I like responded with emoji to my daughter and she's like, mom, wrong emoji. I'm like, what do you mean? Isn't that a smiley face? She's like, no, that's a... <laughs> <laughs> Somebody that. crying. That's yeah. That's like a. Uh, I forget. That's like a stone face or a not a happy. F I don't know. But you know, she was kind of explaining to me which emojis to use, which I realize is very sad that that's I good. can't figure that out. But yeah, maybe no, my kids maybe I could get help. a hold of your daughter, Kelly. I need some emoji coaching. <laughs> yeah. yeah, emoji she, coaching. She helps me. Or she one time spent uh, I think fifteen minutes trying to explain me explain to me how to do a screenshot. 
with my cell phone. Yeah. It was so yeah. complicated for me, which is ridiculous. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I yeah. think she yeah. was like laughing, but also getting annoyed, like seriously <laughs> annoyed. With my kids, 31 and 27, I just let them talk pretty much. But I would suggest to our listeners in this situation, they master the fine art of giving advice without it seeming like advice. It's so oblique and soft approach that the kids don't even know that they're being given advice. Yeah, it's very helpful when you have adult children around. They wow. probably know Marna. Marna <laughs> they Marna, might. That's, Marna, that's <laughs> next level parenting. <laughs> Jeez, I'm Your so kids glad I'm part of this smart. enterprise. I think they know. Yeah. I learned yeah. so much. It's so soft. <laughs> they talk to each other and they're like, did mom do that thing where <laughs> she's That's like, right. give us advice and thinks that we don't know it. <laughs> yeah. I usually, if I say, well, when this happened to me... Uh, I did this, and it worked pretty well. Take well, it for what it's worth. I'm sure, like they always have, taken it for what it's worth. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes well, they do. You know, I, I think what you're getting at here, though, Marna, is is key in this discussion of children and advice and stuff. And that's, you know, you've got you to do everything you can as a parent as these people become adults to preserve and nurture that relationship, however you can do it. Because then you're going to get the opportunity to interact, and they're going to show up for visits at your house, and they're going to call you on the phone, and that's that's what you want, right? Right. So, and and it's it's a deliberate, careful effort to stay in touch and really nurture those relationships with your adult children. A lot of intentionality there. Yeah. Good conversation today. Yeah, it's, super. It's great to be back with you guys, and we're going to get back on the schedule here and start posting episodes regularly. Yay! To our listeners, let's keep the conversation going. Leave us an email, inbox at ethicsandetiquette.com, or a voicemail at our website, ethicsandetiquette.com. Also, check out our Instagram, at ethicsetiquette. If you want to support what we're doing, subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, and we'd appreciate it if you took time to leave a positive review. And thank you to all of you who keep recommending Ethics and Etiquette to your friends and family. For Kelly Halligan-Zimmerman and Mike Derrick, I'm Marna Ashburn, and this is Ethics and Etiquette a thought-provoking dialogue about everyday dilemmas. It's good to be back with you in 2022, and please join us again. New episodes are posted the first and third Wednesdays of every month, most of the time. See you then.